What is going on, guys? You've got the first episode of the Andy Takeover. My name is Andy Finn. I am joined by nobody else this week. Will is out in Oak Island, North Carolina. Mark is busy back at work with the Guardian season back in full force. We'll talk on the Guardians here in a little bit. But I'm going to give you guys a handful of clips uh, this week. We're going to go about 15 minutes every day. I'm going to try to get content for you out. Uh, but the big thing we do want to do is hand out a big thank you to everyone who's been a listener. Everybody's out here thanking everybody. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. The only person in the world I need to thank is me because I did it all. I did it all by myself. <laughs> uh, none of us did it all on our own. Uh, we couldn't have done this without everyone listening your feedback. We're at over 1500 downloads since we started and we can't thank you guys enough for being loyal listeners. Um, you know, calling in on the live shows, participating in the contest, commenting and sharing our pages. And now we've got the clothing line coming out. I'm joined by nobody else but Andre, who is down here in the basement with me. Will would be un very unhappy to hear that he's down here. But since I'm doing this episode on my own. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. So we'll start off with the Cleveland Guardians. It's been a up-and-down season so far. The Guardians came out. They started 0-2. Everyone was kind of down on them. The name change. Um, obviously, you want to get that first win in that first game. All the excitement's there, but they're on the road. They're in Kansas City. They didn't score many runs. I know on one of our older episodes a couple weeks ago, I mentioned they got to score runs to win games. After I said that, they go and score 44 runs in four games and really put me, put me in my place and uh, made me eat crow, as we say a lot in the show. Uh, after that, they come home. You know, it's Friday night. It's downtown. It's home opener. It's a 7 o'clock game right next door to the Cavs. 7.30, final play-in game. They score one run. Next night, two runs. The following night, last uh, last night, which was Sunday or during the day, one run. Uh, what's what's happening? Uh, there just doesn't seem to be consistent contribution on offense. We've got two guys that are really tearing the cover off the ball, and Jose Ramirez and Owen Miller. Other than that, the guys that we need to be doing that, Fran Mel Reyes, he's got six hits so far in the season, betting a really low 150 with 15 strikeouts. So you're going up. You know you you expect your power hitter to strike out a handful of times, but. 40 at-bats, 15 Ks isn't going to really cut it for your you know, your 4-5 hitter in there. Uh, it's surprising, though, to me to see Owen Miller. After he had uh, his time where he came up last season, a little bit disappointing, but then Owen Miller comes out. He starts the season hitting 500, two home runs, seven doubles. You know, he, He's got those total bases that are coming through, and he's not striking out. Uh, we saw that a lot last year when he came up, but 14 hits on the year. And then you've got Jose Ramirez after he signed that contract. You're always worried when guys sign these big contracts, do they start to cool off a little bit? Well, Jose is kind of doing the opposite of that, uh, hitting 457 with a 500 on-base percentage. You want that of a guy that, uh, especially in the Cleveland situation, where you're going to pay someone a lot of money, which is something that we are, are known to do. Um, but he's definitely making it worth that contract. Miles Straw signed the extension as well, hitting th 333. Other than that, you know, Stephen Kwan started off the season 
really, you know, quantum mania came up. He st- had, hadn't missed a swing and missed a pitch in 150 pitches or something like that. He's starting to cool down a little bit, but we really need guys like Fran mill and uh, a little bit more on Ahmed Rosario to, you know, remain consistent on the pitching side. They aren't really giving up that many runs Our, our start. We've got two starts out of uh police and Bieber police does give up a lot of hits, but not walking guys. And he's not giving up runs. He's only got two earned runs so far through his 11 innings pitched. Uh, Bieber's got three. It's still early, you know, cold weather games. We did play the Royals and the Reds, which should have been guaranteed, not guaranteed wins, but our odds to win those games should have been a little bit higher. And then San Francisco, a good team does come to town and you don't want to get swept at home on opening weekend. Unfortunately, that's what happened to us tonight. They rained out against the White Sox, probably for the better. You know, White Sox are a good team favorites, I believe, to win the Central Division. We'll play a doubleheader later on in July. It is a 110 and a 710 doubleheader, so a traditional doubleheader. And uh, we'll continue with them tomorrow, weather permitting. I know the Cleveland weather looks pretty rough this week. Getting into the weekend, though, it's supposed to get up 70, 80 degrees, and it's snowing today. So get all that Cleveland weather in there. Uh, Right next door, I mentioned we had the Cavs. uh, They had two opportunities to make it into the actual NBA playoffs. Unfortunately, they did not succeed on either of those, losing to the Nets on Tuesday or last Tuesday, 115 to 108, and then the Hawks on Friday, 107 to 101. Uh, going on the road to Brooklyn, everyone was saying Brooklyn was going to win this game. All the experts picked Brooklyn across the board. After that first quarter, it looked like it, it was going to be a blowout. Brooklyn couldn't miss. Kyrie wasn't missing at all. They go up by 20, and then in the second quarter, the Cavs have an opportunity to close that gap. Uh, I want to say Brooklyn only scored four points in eight minutes. We were forcing turnovers. We had shots. They just weren't falling for us. And that opportunity against Brooklyn, a a good team that really shouldn't have been in that play-in tournament. Had Kyrie played all year, they're probably not in it. But you have that opportunity to close the gap, especially on a 20-point deficit on the road, and you're only able to make up six points. Um, Or sorry, they... Made up six points in that second quarter. Third quarter, another two. You know, they won the last three quarters, but they couldn't overcome that big deficit. Uh, Towards the end of the game, I think they were only down by a handful of points. But like I said, Kyrie just couldn't miss. I think he was playing with the chip on his shoulder. He went 20 for 15, only missing three three three-pointers. Didn't miss from the free throw line. And then Kevin Durant, uh, 25 points. But Curry coming out, scoring 34. On the Cavs side, Darius Garland really showed glimpses of what we think he's going to be scoring 34 in his first official playoff game, if we want to call that that. Uh, two steals. And then uh, other than that, you know, Mobley had a, a decent game. I really do think if we have um, Jared Allen back in that game, that it's a little bit more competitive and maybe we somehow squeak away with a win. And then Friday, um, you know, we came out, we punched Atlanta in the mouth. Went up by 11 in the first quarter, and then our point total uh, went down every quarter in the fourth quarter, only scoring 17. We ended up losing 107-101. Our age showed that we're a really young team. Nobody expected this team to be in this situation. It was a very pleasant surprise. It's a very good look at the future. Our coaching staff's young. Our team is young. Hopefully they come back hungry next year and really want to make the best of their playoff experience. But excited to see what the Cavs do. You know, Jared Allen did play in this game, but 
Trey Young, second half, just was lights out. He seemed to be hitting anything and everything he wanted to do. You know, you forced him to ISO. He was chucking up shots. I think the Hawks missed their first 10 three-pointers. We held him to pretty much nothing at the three-point line. And, uh, you know, Atlanta comes away with the win in Cleveland, and it's just all around a bad sports night. So bright future for the Cavs. Hopefully our, uh, you know, our rookies, our coaches, our comeback, Kevin Love, our comeback player of the year, defensive player of the year, uh, you know, hopefully they come back with some uh, hardware to show. Obviously you want to be lifting the trophy at the end of the year, but to win individual awards would be awesome for this young team and make them hungry for next year. Under the Browns, Browns had a big announcement today, signing cornerback Denzel Ward to a five-year, $100.5 million contract extension, which is $71.25 million guaranteed, which makes him the highest-paid corner in the NFL. Uh, Highest-paid corner that isn't on the field for every game in the NFL. I get worried about Denzel Ward when he's not on the field. It's a, it's a big gap for us. But when he's out there, he's locking guys down. He, he's definitely one of the best corners in the league. He's He deserves some money. I just really hope he can stay healthy on the field. And then in a couple of weeks, we've got the draft coming up. We don't have a first round pick to be looking forward to, but that's a good thing. we got Deshaun Watson here. Baker comes out and see, he feels disrespected. He's starting to talk, talk on all these podcasts saying how we disrespected him, how the situation was handled poorly. Um, best of luck to him wherever he ends up, but it sounds like his time is just completely done here now in Cleveland. Even if there's something with Deshaun Watson. Moving on to the NHL. I know I'm one of the only ones that will talk about the NHL on this show, but we've got postseason hockey coming up. Season runs through May 1st, which is our final game. The Eastern Conference, all eight playoff spots have been locked up. In the Atlantic, you get the Florida Panthers, Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, who are two-time defending champs, and Boston Bruins. In the Metropolitan, you've got Carolina Hurricanes, New York Rangers, Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Washington Capitals. Some of those teams are very familiar to the playoffs. Always looking forward to see the Penguins and the Capitals with the veterans on their team. And Ovechkin, Malkin, and uh, Sidney Crosby, what they can do in the playoffs. What it turns to be, though, is who's the hot team going to be? In the Western Conference, you got two teams right now on nine-game winning streaks. The Colorado Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues, who have both locked up playoff berths in the central of the Western Conference. Minnesota Wild have also locked one up. And the Calgary Flames in the Pacific are the only team to lock up a playoff berth. So four spots still be fought for on the Western Conference. Eastern all locked up. In the streak category, though, Florida Panthers, again, they are on a 10-game winning streak. Almost 100 goals scored more than their opponents. Will that translate, though, into the playoffs? Sometimes you see these hot teams that go into the playoffs and the number one seed, and they take a couple games off to get in the playoffs, and they end up losing in the first round. And a, you know it goes to a seven-game series or something wild happens. Columbus Blue Jackets did this a year, uh, a couple of years ago, where they they shocked the world. They weren't supposed to be there, and they end up. I think it, they end up knocking off the Toronto Maple Leafs. So NHL playoff hockey coming up the start of May, two short weeks away. I can't wait for that. Finally, I promise we were only going to keep this to about fifteen minutes. I'm going to do a different top five list every day. Uh, it can be completely random. I was just thinking of this as I was driving over to Will's since I'll be here all week while he's enjoying hopefully warm weather in North Carolina, the beautiful Island of Oaks. Uh, so a top five list of, we, we talk a lot about 
beer on the show. We usually did a beer review. I'm having one of Will's Natter Days that he left for me. He wanted me to talk about, is a Natter Day actually a beer or what is it? I think it's a beer. I can only have a couple of them, but the strawberry lemonade isn't too bad. But I'm going to talk about the five top my top five worst places to not be able to have a beer. Because there's been places I've gone and I'm like, man, this would be awesome to have a beer. Or, Where's your beer cooler? We don't have one. So coming in at number five is yard work. If you're expecting me to be outside, especially during the summer in the heat, and I can't have a beer out there with me while I'm getting my hands dirty, if I'm mulching, cutting the grass, edging, pressure washing, any of those things, and I can't have a beer, one of the worst feelings. Nothing hits better than a Bud Light Lime on a warm summer day during and after you're doing yard work. Number four, a kid's sporting event. We all love our kids. We know they're going to be playing sports. I'd love to have a beer at a kid's sporting event. If I'm going to have to sit there and watch, I don't know, kids trip over a soccer ball or run the wrong way on the bases while while playing t-ball, at least let me have a beer during that. Let me act like it's normal baseball. I promise not to yell at other coaches, not to yell at the umpires, not to get in fights with other parents like Randy Marsh. I just want a beer while I'm watching a kid's sporting event. Number three, when you're in a serious golf group and it's a scramble and they really want to win and they're against drinking. Look, I suck at golf. I don't go out to golf to see how good my score is going to be. I go to golf to have beer. I may or may not have a golf club. I'm not going to be wearing a visor. Uh, I'm wearing some polo I got from work. I don't have a golf outfit. I have free golf shoes. My golf clubs are half broken. I'm not there to lower my score or you know, show off my Pro V1 golf ball. I'm there to have beer. I'm there to have a good time. Don't invite me to the golf course unless I can have a beer while I'm out there. Number two, a family get-together. We all love our relatives. We all love our family. But the beer or the alcohol helps us tolerate each other. Do some take advantage of it and do some take it too far? Yes, I do. I have. We know people that have. Please just have some beer there for us. Nothing helps with you know dealing with the uncle that you haven't seen in a long time that's uh, down in Florida uh, than a, a, a nice cold one. Uh, and our number one, and this kind of ties to number four for me, and I'm sorry I'm picking out on the family and the kids so much, but kids' birthday parties, please for the sake of all the parents that are there and everyone that you have invited and dragged over to your house, have beer for them. You got to have somewhere for the dads to escape. You got to have the outdoor games for them to play as well. Have that cooler, have a great variety, have the whiskey for a couple shots. If they're not having the beer, but have options for them. Don't make it a dry party. Nobody's going to get hammered at a kid's birthday party. They just need a little something to take the edge off get them through the party and get them home. They're not going to get drunk and drive their kids home. Just have a beer or two and let them get through the party. They'll time it. You know, they'll be like, all right, three beers and this party's over. We're out. They don't, if you're making them stay to watch open presents, offer them a shot. That's a little present for them. I hope you guys enjoyed this. This has been fun for me. Will said it was going to be very difficult for me to do this on my own. We're at 15, 16 minutes right now. I look forward to doing this the rest of the week. If you want me to do a top five list and you're listening to this uh, at some point in the rest of the week, send me it. Give me ideas of what you want me to talk about. We'll hit on UFC, NASCAR, 
the rest of the week, but I've got my 15-minute segments. I don't know what to call these. Other than that, we're going to let our, our good old boy, Scott Hall, take us home. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do.